For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Welcome back to the Patriots Report. Before we get to this latest episode with Teddy Johnson, former Patriots linebacker and three-time Super Bowl champ, just wanted to give you a quick reminder to download, listen, subscribe, and share episodes of the Patriots Report wherever you get your podcasts. We've produced a lot of great content so far. We're looking to produce a lot of terrific stuff moving forward. We wouldn't want you guys to miss a single episode. I'm honored to be joined today by Teddy Johnson, former Patriots linebacker and three-time Super Bowl champion. These days, you can catch him on NBC Sports Boston on a regular basis, as well as 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can follow him on Twitter at Teddy J Radio. Ted, let's jump right into this. You sent me a message last night, actually Thursday night, when we were discussing you coming on the show. You said something that really struck me. You said this Patriots team was playing in ways my old teams would play. Tell me what you meant by that specifically. Yeah, I, I mean, there's 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 a lot of kind of similarities uh, between the teams, uh, you know, the between what you're seeing now, Chris, and, and versus those teams I played on in the 2000s, in the sense that you're you're, you're seeing um, kind of a rough start, um, doubt creeping in, uncertainty, um, you know, not complete buy-in, and then then slowly, you know week after week, uh, that changing more and more buy-in guys starting to believe, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really starting to show, uh, in their play and, and in the resolve, you can just tell there's complete and total buy-in with this team, which a month ago, Chris, I, I don't think that was, uh, that was the case. Um, that's one thing, you know, a, another thing is what I'm starting to see is the Patriots play in a way in which the game can be tied. It can be maybe a one score game in either direction. Uh, Patriots could be leading or Patriots could be down. And Chris, I, I, I watch these games in, in the in the last five weeks and they're in their five game win streak. And I feel as if they're in control of these games. Mm-hmm. That's a characteristic of those old, old teams I played on where even if we were down a score or, or if a score is close, it always felt no matter what, like we had uh, control of the game. Those are a couple of things I'm starting to uh, see that uh, f- are familiar to the old teams. And then I would say, just the way the defense is playing, uh, very much at an elite level. Um, the pass rush is is now kind of catching up to uh, the secondary. Um, they're doing a lot of disguising. Um, they're playing a lot of zone. Um, they're mixing their coverages. Those are kind of uh, staples for those defenses I played on. Um, and then you're seeing kind of the mixture of young, very talented, uh, you know, uh, draft picks working together with uh, the, these free agents that were brought in and uh, kind of pulling in the same direction. 
And even though there's an age discrepancy and, and experience discrepancy, the uh, you know they all want the same thing. Um, and so um, those are those were characteristics again of teams I was on. So those are just to, to name a few of the things that are starting to jump out that remind me of old teams I played on. I really like the comparison and, and kind of where you're headed with that. I have to say, I was talking with Matt Chatham last week, and one of the things we talked about was the fact that the biggest compliment I could give a defensive player is that he would fit right in on the Patriots' 2003 defense. That, that group was as physical. You guys were smart, instinctive, just overall skilled. The, one of the best defenses maybe I've ever seen. In my mind, one guy on this roster above all others would be an absolute perfect fit on those teams, Matthew Judon. Tell me about what Judon brings from a player's perspective. We all see the numbers. We all see the sack totals. But from a player's perspective, what do you see from Judon that sets him apart? Yeah, Matthew he came in here, and it was very clear, Chris, that he was empowered by Bill Belichick to be uh, to be Matt, Matthew Judon, not to uh, dip his toe in the water, not to kind of you know to take it slow, but to take ownership and be empowered uh, to be a leader and to be a vocal leader uh, of this team. And so that was it was very similar to how I feel like Bill wanted Rodney Harrison to be when he first came in. Um, just. Hey, you know, Rodney, I know you're the new guy here, but, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're a respected player around the league and you're a great player. And, you know, hey, get those guys in the secondary all kind of pulling in the same direction, bring some edge, be you. And I feel like that's kind of what Matthew Judon has done, maybe for, you know, the whole defense, but particularly that front seven needed an identity, needed a leader, needed somebody to kind of that had a mature presence about him that was bought in. Um, there was also a great player the guy could lead and, and follow. And I feel like he's has a similar type of, <laughs> um, I would say job description, um, that, that bill is, is kind of, uh, pegged him for similar to how he did with, with Rodney back in the day. So he's, he's a, let's face it. He's been huge as far as kind of, um, I think connecting the, uh, the old guys with the new guys, um, giving them my identity and, uh, his, I guess, I don't know, uh, for lack of a better term, just kind of the joie de vie he has to play the game of football is contagious. And Bill saw that, and Bill wanted to exploit that, and uh, it was smart for him to do so. I love your phrase here, that the fact that he was empowered by Bill Belichick. From, from a, a guy who was there, a guy who was in those meeting rooms, a guy who played for Belichick, what does that entail in, in your mind? We know that you know you you brought up a great example in Rodney Harrison. I, I don't know if there are other guys who've been similarly empowered on the defensive side of the ball by Bill over the last couple of years, over the last you know decade plus. But what does that look like from another player's perspective? Yeah, for me, just you can tell that like a you know I would say Brian Cox is a good example of a guy that I think Bill empowered when he came in here. It's like hey. I want you to be Brian, you know, like I, you know, uh, this, there's, you know, you play with a certain style that, uh, he, I think maybe he felt like, uh, this, that, that team need the team needed, um, for, for whatever reason. And so I would say, um, if you can just tell, um, by the, the, the way in which, uh, Matthew Judon kind of conducts himself, he's very, very comfortable. Um, like he's been here for a long time, like he's been in the program for a long time, very, very comfortable talking about, you know, uh, the philosophies of this team and what they're trying to achieve. And that's that's usually not uh, for guys that are here for their first year to do. And so it's very clear that um, Bill has uh, sat him down and said to him, you know, this this is what I want from you. Um, I, I just don't think Matthew Judon would come into a place established like New England 
and be that the way he is um, without some prodding from from Bill. That to me is uh, is Bill stepping in and asking him to to be uh, the leader he's been. It's been great. That, that that's a tough line to walk to for a new player, I would imagine, because you you are coming into a new situation and you want to be deferential to some of the guys who've been around for a while. I would imagine you know he's had conversations with Hightower and McCordy and those types of guys. But at the same time, I don't think you could necessarily be empowered unless you are a productive player. Yeah, you, you got to have you got to you got to be a productive player. You got to be a, you got to be a great player. So if you're if you're going to ask the guy to, um, I, I would say maybe, um, you know, do a little bit more than just play football to be a leader, to be a guy, a conduit between the coaching staff and, and, uh, and the other guys, you know, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot to ask. And so, and that's, that's a, that's a job that the head coach has to convey to the player that he wants, you know, Bill's Bill identifies certain players, Chris, he always has that Mm. he, he feels like he chooses that uh, he wants, he feels like is influential in the locker room, the guys look up to, and he empowers them by just uh, telling them, sitting them down, pulling them aside and saying, this is what I want from you. And so um, that's clear to me. That's what Matthew Judon has done. And it's, it's great because I mean, he, his leadership style is is one that you, you want to, to follow and you want to, uh, you know, you kind of want to get caught up in his vortex because he's just got a really positive energy and a leadership style that I think guys uh, gravitate to. But like you said, the most important thing is you got to back it up with good play. And clearly um, we see that at Matt Judon. I wanted to get your take on this as a, as a former linebacker. What, if anything, are the Patriots doing with Kyle Van Noy over the last few games? He, he seems to be particularly popping when it comes to his playmaking skills. A couple of sacks interception against the Falcons I know it's partially a week-to-week game-to-game scheme-to-scheme type of thing but he just seems to be making more plays than usual as of late have you seen anything in how he's being used that might be setting him up for success you know it's hard it's he's been playing on the edge the whole time I really thought to be quite honest with you I just was I was hoping to get see more from Vanoy um to be honest with you the way he was paid and the way he came in, I just thought he would be more impactful early on. You're starting, just like you mentioned, you're starting to see him a little bit more recently. And I would say clearly the, the game, um, you know, last night was was by far his best game of the season. So maybe it's just comfortability, Chris. Maybe it's just getting a little bit more comfortable in what's, you know, what's going on. I think even though you were away from the program for a year, it still takes some time to acclimate with all the new guys. Um, and so – I feel like it's taken Kyle a little bit longer than maybe he probably even hoped to kind of get acclimated, but you're starting to see it come together and they needed that because that linebacking core is really underperformed for most of the season. It really has. Um, and you'd like to see, those are good prideful players and you want to see Hightower, you want to see Van Oy play at the levels they were when they were first here. And you're starting to see that from Kyle, but to answer your question, Chris, at the end of the day, I'm not seeing too many different things. It just seems like he's um, just seems to be uh, a little bit more locked in now than he was earlier in the season. Piggybacking off that a little bit, and speaking of reacclimation, is that can you say a little bit of the same thing with Dante Hightower after spending a year on the shelf that he didn't look at least for the first couple of games? And I know every week is different, every opponent is different, but he appears to be hitting a stride, really, at least at this stage of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it takes a long time. You take a year off, my goodness, that's that's a long time um, until. I, I feel like to, to some degree, um, I get the sense that Dante was challenged, um, you know, not that long ago uh, to maybe, I don't know, um, 
you know, uh, do a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. to be more impactful. I feel like there were times since games early in the season where Dante just really wasn't, it was a non-factor and that maybe that affected his playing time. And I, it, you know, Dante is a very prideful guy. And, um, and so you want a happy and motivated and focused on the high tower. And I'm not so sure you saw that at the beginning of the season, but now, you, you are starting to see that. Maybe the games are starting to mean more. It's a long season for a guy his age. Uh, but you're starting to see him, I think, um, just show up more um, and be more active. And so that's what you need. Uh, clearly, that is a guy that's uh, been a great leader and a great player for this team for a long time. And they're going to need him at that second level to be Dante Hightower if they're going to do what they want to do. Is there one guy on this defense we don't talk enough about, someone who doesn't get the credit he deserves, who should get more because of what this defense has accomplished, particularly over the last few weeks? My vote, seemingly, you know, whenever I'm asked this question by an out-of-market radio person, my vote always goes to Lawrence Guy because he's just, he's such an under-the-radar type. But I was wondering if you had a guy that that you kind of singled out as, as someone who probably doesn't get the credit that they deserve for the success of this defense. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a great one. I, I think uh, I think uh, Lawrence guy's a great one. I'd say Adrian Phillips is another good one. Mm-hmm. You know, Adrian kind of he pops here and there, but he's so very consistent. He's he's a hybrid um, kind of line linebacker slash safety. It's uh, it's a body type that Bill seems to be uh, gravitating more towards. Um, you know, Kyle Duggar is is another guy that maybe is similar to stylistically to uh, Adrian Phillips, who I would say is a, another guy that I don't think gets enough attention or talked about the, the most, but it was probably those two guys. I think Adrian Phillips is just a pro's pro. Um, and the way, when they wait, the things they ask him to do, he takes a beating inside. He's playing middle linebacker mm-hmm. and he's a, he's really a strong safety. Um, and he doesn't complain. He does whatever he's told and uh, he's rewarded at times uh, for you know, with games that uh, you know where he gets to have uh, you know some good stats on the stat sheet, but he does a lot of the dirty work that you don't notice. Um, that um, it, it goes a long way. So I would say Adrian Phillips and an honorable mention is uh, Kyle Duggar. Phillips is a guy who strikes me. We talked about Judon and how it feels like Judon has been in Foxborough for years. It feels like Adrian Phillips grew up in the New England system. Like he was like a fourth or fifth round yeah. pick like five years ago. Like he just acclimated so seamlessly to what Bill wants on defense so much so that I can only remember a handful of guys and Judon's probably in that class. We talked about Rodney before who just feel like when they arrived in new England, they just belonged here. Yeah. Well, you know what? I always, when I see guys like that, I think of, well, they're probably, what does that say about the person that, you know, Mm -hmm. that would come here and play in a very team-oriented, you know, system like it is where you're highlighted not every single week. Maybe, you know, one guy is one week, and then you take a back seat, and, you know, you're not always getting the glory, that kind of thing, like you might be on other teams. I always feel like those kind of guys are maybe older, more mature uh, professional football players, Mm -hmm. you know, that are the guys that get it. They have high football IQs. They have – you know, they have a, a, a you know, an unmatched work at work ethic. Um, they enjoy learning the game of football. You know what? And I think they value more than anything is getting to a place where they have quality coaching. There's some bad coaching out there, Chris. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys that come from other places, when they get here, they're like grateful that they have coaches that see the game in a way that maybe they were never taught and in a way in which they become smarter, better football players. And so, once you get to a place like that, 
you don't want to leave, man. Especially if you're a mid, you know, mid round draft pick, you can come in with a lot of fanfare. Um, you just are happy to have a job. And not only do you have a job, but you have a role with on a team, you know, with, that has, you know, arguably the, the greatest coach of all time coaching you. You don't want to disappoint and you want to uh, play in that system as long as you can, because it's it's a feeling that you've always kind of searched for, but never quite got until maybe you got here. All right, let, let, let's go forward a little bit here. The Patriots have Tennessee coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend. They have the extended weekend off. It's kind of a built-in bye week to kind of heal up a little bit. I think this team needs it, particularly this time of the year. But take me inside the mind of a guy like Vrabel, you know, Ryan Tannehill. What are they thinking in Tennessee when they come into the building on Monday? How do they best attack this New England defense a, a, a week from Sunday? You know what? They're going to have to have a wrinkle they're gonna have to do something that they've uh that they haven't maybe shown on on film they're gonna have to get out of their comfort zone um you're gonna have to be kind of you're gonna have to dictate terms you know you can't you're not gonna go out there and feel your way i think mike knows you don't do that you don't go out there and feel your way with uh with bill um there's gonna be nuance and little coaching things you know the attention to detail mike knows that bill's all about that and the games a lot of times are one on the margins and on the with those little details and so mike will pride himself in having all of that covered um in this game but i think on offense he's going to have to do something he hasn't done yet um to show him something different that they haven't prepared for um and that's what i'm probably that's what i'm anticipating from from mike look He's seen what the Patriots have done to good quarterbacks. You know, look, I mean, Justin Herbert, he's only in his second year, but he's a good quarterback. And, um, you know, you saw what the Patriots uh, did did to him. And so you've seen what they've done to the other quarterbacks. And Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback, but he's not an elite. He's a guy that you can fuse and and do everything. So Mike is going to have to come out early in this game and not let the Patriots dictate terms um, by the score. Um, they're not going to have to, if they have a game plan, they got to stay in that game plan. You see so many teams vacate their game plan. The minute they sense that the game might be slipping away and Mike knows better than that, um, not to just completely do that. And so there's a, there's a lot of advantages to the Tennessee Titans when they play the Patriots because of Mike's knowledge of how Bill thinks. And, uh, I'm sure we'll see examples of that, uh, when they play pretty soon. Teddy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We talked about where people can, you know, hear you and, you know, following on social media at the top, but remind folks where they can track you down these days if they want to hit you with football questions. Yeah, you bet. I mean, if, if you want to hit me with football questions, I'm not much of a Twitter guy, but at Teddy J Radio on Twitter is a good, is a good place. If you just want to, you know, you want to hear, hear me uh, on, on the radio. I do a lot of film work on 95, the sports hub, but I mostly, you can see me on NBC Sports Boston, and some pregame, mostly postgame work there on the Patriots games um, and then other uh, other shows throughout the week, in particular a show on Monday night called The Breakdown with uh, Phil Perry, which starts at 6 o'clock, where we break down all the plays from uh, the day before, which is a lot of fun. I That's love that show. That's where you can show. find me, Chris. I'm going to – Oh, I'm, thank you. I, I, have no, I have no dog in this fight, but I make a, make a, a point to watch you and Phil – because you two guys, in terms of breaking stuff down, you bring you you bring a great perspective as a former player. Phil is one of the most you know cerebral guys when it comes to looking at film and kind of figuring out what's going on. So it really is. Yeah. It's a great show every Monday night, yeah. six o'clock on NBC Sports Boston. Yep. 
That's it. I appreciate the plug, Chris, and we think uh, we appreciate your support. It means a lot. Phil is, is very, very good. At, I'm always been amazed at his football acumen. It's very, very high, and so we have a lot of fun doing that. So thanks for the kind words, man. Love it. Hey, thanks again, man. Hopefully we can hook this up very, very soon down the road. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.